0: Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.
1: Second half just getting underway In tonight's action In the Champions League It has been a night A few goals so far It is all Between Maccabi Haifa And Paris Saint-Germain Maccabee Haifa Becoming the 39th team That Leo Messi Has scored against In the Champions League One apiece also Between Juventus And Benfica A few minutes into The second half No goals as yet Between Man City and Dortmund Or in the game at Ibrox Between Rangers and Napoli It is also 0-0 Between the defending champions Real Madrid And RB Leipzig As is the game Between FC Copenhagen And Sevilla But the first 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 goal for Chelsea under their new manager Graham Potter has been scored by Raheem Sterling. He's just scored two minutes into the second half. Chelsea lead against RB Salzburg by one goal to nil at Stamford Bridge So uh, we'll keep an eye on all those scores as we go along but we're also taking a look back on last night's games including Liverpool just squeaking past Ajax in the end at Anfield winning in the end by two goals to one, a very, very late goal from Joel Matip uh, securing a win for Jurgen Klopp's side who now go away for a few weeks because their game against Chelsea not set to be played this weekend and the international break is fast approaching Delighted to say that Harriet Pryor of the Anfield wrap is with us Harriet, how are you getting on?
0: Hi, good, thank you. Thanks
1: for having me on. Um, Looking at Liverpool, uh, this has been a sketchy few weeks form-wise. Jurgen Klopp was saying afterwards it wasn't the best of performances last night against Ajax. But ultimately, after the defeat in Naples on the opening weekend in the Champions League, the most important thing for Liverpool was to get a result last night.
0: I don't think it could have got much worse could it? after the Napoli performance and then when we watched that as, as fans but also when the players were forced to reflect on it and themselves as Jurgen Klopp said that he made them all do sit down and watch it all back. I, th- I don't think they'd have been impressed at all with their performance. So really last night on top of the result we were looking for a step up in performance and we were looking to see an improved an improved size and Klopp spoke last week after the Napoli game about a reinvention and about going back to basics and I think that's what we saw last night. So yes there's definitely still areas of improvement but why I saw last night was it was a much better side, one that was working as a unit. They looked like a more co- more cohesion amongst the squad, and they were all working really hard for each other. That intensity, that aggression, and that that side of the game was really returning last night. And ultimately, we got the three points, which puts us in a much healthier position in the in that Champions League group table as well.
1: Yeah, Jurgen Klopp said after the game. He said the high press was good, the midfield press was improved. We could have been better in different moments, but generally, we felt the performance was pretty good. Is that a decent summary of the performance last night?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. We were dominant actually throughout the whole game and I think you can see that with our shots on target and, and the amount of shots we have at over 20 to their three during the game. I think it was a really dominant attacking performance and I, I thought defensively we looked much more assured as well. I think in the previous games this season it, it, there's been a lot of gaps in that defence and whenever the other team gets the ball it feels like they've got a chance almost instantly and last night we saw us tracking back a lot more, the, the, going into tackles more, winning those ground jewels and aerial jewels as well with Matip back in last night was a really key key part of that so definitely an improved performance across all areas of the pitch and yes we did still concede a goal so there will still be more room for improvement and working out what what went wrong in that area but yeah definitely like like clock mentioned a better defensive performance and also a lot more control in midfield.
1: Putting focus onto the centre of that defence, are we starting to see how important Joel Matip was in his absence? Because I think back to the game at Old Trafford where Joe Gomez didn't have the best of nights, and you know, a few times in recent weeks Virgil van Dijk has not looked at his absolute best, but Joel Matip seems to complement his style of play perfectly. It seems to me that Matip is actually pretty key to this Liverpool team.
0: Absolutely. I think Gomez has had a really difficult few games. It was it was key that someone else could, was able to come in and step in and matter because it's exactly that person. And I think there's two different sides to his game that are so important to Liverpool. And one is those defensive duties and the, the sense of experience and and calmness that he brings to that defence alongside Virgil Van Dijk. Their partnership is really just so solid. And then also that attacking flair that he has as well. He was the goal scorer. He got the winning goal last night, but also the way he gets the ball, has a quick look up to see if anything's on. And if not, he takes it himself. And and runs forward and drives forward with the ball and that's the side of his game I absolutely love so definitely a key figure and one that hopefully we can keep fit for the remainder of the season
1: The debate will go on about Trent Alexander-Arnold and his defensive frailties and issues in that position what have you made of how he's performed so far this season?
0: Yeah, I don't think it would have been up to his standards, if I'm honest. I think he'll have set higher standards for himself, and I don't think he'll be particularly impressed with the way he's performed in some games this season, but it was much better for me last night. I think it would have been easy for him last night to really adopt a defensive role and to not, you know, bring those attacking sides to his game that we know he loves so much and that he's so good at, but he didn't. Last night, he was making sure that he was tracking back and defensively working really hard, but also drifting into that midfield area and pushing really high up the pitch, which is the elements of his game that he's absolutely perfect at. I think it is those defensive duties he does get criticised for but hopefully last night he will have silenced a few of those doubters but yes, yeah, definitely not been the best start to the season for him and also for a lot of the core players in that Liverpool side so definitely need a big step up after the international break as well.
1: A lot of the success of Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool sides have been built around Robertson going forward on one side and Trent going forward on the other side and you know, pushing teams back and whipping in balls from the two full backs. It's so key to how they attack. Do we ever realistically get to a point where Trent Alexander-Arnold could potentially play in midfield.
0: I don't know. I don't think for Liverpool at the moment it would be a feasible option or the best option for how we play. And I think he also gets so much freedom in that, in that position that he's in at the moment that he probably gets even more freedom than he, if he was playing in that midfield position. We, we've sort of seen that with with Harvey Elliott. His, um, he he hasn't been able to be as creative as Trent has on that right-hand side. So I don't think at the moment we're going to see him pushed into midfield. It's not something I personally would, la- would like to see. I think he's just reinvented that position, that fullback position alongside Robertson. So I'd definitely keep him there but I think whether the player wants to try it out is a different question and maybe he'll get that chance internationally before he does at Liverpool it remains to be seen.
1: Tiago and Fabinho being back was a big help for the midfield. There have been struggles for both Henderson and for Milner and possibly arguably at this stage it feels with the way he's played in some of the games so far this season that now maybe time has finally caught up with the once evergreen James Milner but Liverpool's midfield looks more balanced when Fabinho and Thiago is there
0: yeah, that partnership between the two of them is, is really, really solid and really impressive. Thiago brings such a different element because he really brings that control to that midfield. And a lot of the conversation around Thiago is how attacking he is and how he spots passes and his vision from that midfield area. But also what I saw last night was how he set the standards in terms of defensive work, how he's getting stuck into tackles. He was basically coming out there as a leader and not in the sense of him having to tell everyone where to be or what to do, like a Henderson or a Van Dijk, but just raising the standards and saying okay this is where we're going to play tonight this is this is the standard we're going to play at you all come and join me here and I think that in doing that everyone else raised their game so such a a vital figure we've always known that and his defensive problems do continue to creep in so we have to make the most of him while he is fit and available and hopefully we can manage that to keep that for, for longer on this season but it has proved a bit difficult
1: a player Liverpool were linked with all summer in Jude Bellingham has just scored for Dortmund against Manchester City so they lead oh. by one goal to nil yeah,
0: I'm, I've turned it off while I'm doing this so uh, I'll, I'll pop that back on
1: afterwards don't worry I'll keep an eye in my left eye in the corner here but uh, Bellingham has just scored for, um, for Dortmund against City so 1-0 uh, to the Germans at Eastlands uh, when it comes to Jude Bellingham I wonder, was Klopp waiting until next year to try and buy a midfielder? Because by his own omission, he came out in front of the media and said, hey, I was wrong, you were right, we need a midfielder. And Arthur Mello came in very, very late in the window. But the perfect signing would seem to be potentially Bellingham.
0: Drew Bellingham has always been the long-term target. And I think that's maybe what frustrated fans a little bit is that you know that this player you want to get eventually. But is it even feasible that we're definitely going to get him next year? I mean, he probably will have a lot of different clubs want to come in with him. Will Dortmund want to let him go at that point? There's a lot of question marks around it. So I think that's why maybe fans got frustrated because we knew we needed a midfielder we had been linked with midfielders Chiamani who went to Madrid and, and a few others during the course of the window and no one no one was pinned down and so we had to wait to the final day of the transfer window to get someone in on a loan deal which is far from ideal and they didn't have enough time to sort of bed in and, and work out how to play with their teammates before the season started so that midfield is definitely an area I, I still believe needs a bit of reinvestment and hopefully heading into January and then looking ahead to next summer that's where the, the investment we put in this world because it does still feel a little bit
1: light playing devil's advocate slightly here was it Jurgen Klopp's decision to go a little bit light in midfield and not make a signing or I wonder was it a case of FSG said you can have a replacement for Mane and Nunes is going to cost a huge chunk of money but you won't be able to reinforce midfield like to me it seemed pretty obvious that they needed a midfielder even going back to last year
0: I think Klopp felt differently at the, at the beginning of the, of the sort of summer training. I think he felt that they had a lot of readily available midfielders already in the squad. And he touched on that in a lot of his prep conferences. He said, look, we've got Thiago Fabinho, Henderson, Milner, oxley chamberlain Naby Keita, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. You know, you're adding all these names up and he's like, why is everyone telling me I need a midfielder? I've got nine or eight first-team midfielders I'd be happy to play. But we know that there is sort of caveats to most of those players in terms of injuries, in terms of form, in terms of their age profile. So I think Klopp genuinely did believe that they didn't need anyone, but then all the injuries started to creep in and maybe there was a bit of reluctance from FSG to sign someone. And then Klopp came out and said, look, I I got it wrong. We do need a midfielder. So it probably worked both ways, I guess a little bit, but then ultimately FSG did end up bringing someone on loan and I think they'll know now that they they do need to reinvest but I don't think there was a frustration from the manager until those sort of final days of the transfer window when a signing he he really wanted and, and one came in eventually.
1: The big signing was the record signing in Darwin Nunez coming in from Benfica. Probably didn't help that the suspension came at a time when he should have been finding his feet and getting used to his teammates so it's kind of been a disjointed start for him at the club so far. Is that a fair way of reading it?
0: Yeah, I think it has. I actually think he's really impressed whenever we have seen him this season. He's only actually had two starts so far, so he hasn't really been able to, like you say, build that momentum and build that sense of rhythm. But it's also a a huge transition for the team, playing with this out-and-out striker and a number-nine figure because for him, he'll feel that, yes, he'll have to take a lot of time to bed in and to work out how Klopp wants him to play in the team. But for the teammates as well, it's far from ideal that you mentioned. He had three games where he literally couldn't get on the pitch. So I do start to see, especially actually last night, in the last 20 minutes how him and Salah might link up how the midfielders might create chances for him and I do think he'll definitely come good and be a good sign for Liverpool and it it, you know everything won't happen instantly I think Haaland at at City people are comparing him to but we already knew what kind of talent Haaland was and he played a a top team already so I think he was never going to have to wait too long to prove himself and impose himself I think Darwin will take a little bit longer and that's okay.
1: Two points on Mo Salah One that really stood out for me Because some people have said Maybe he's lost his hunger Because he's got his new contract And therefore Maybe that desire Is not quite there again There was one point When Ajax were counter-attacking Last night When Mo Salah Made a long Bursting run To get back into his own box To be there To actually make an interception And at the other end I think that goal Was really important for him Last night After a frustrating spell In front of goal
0: yeah, I don't agree with the the mindset thing and the fact that he's lost his hunger. I just don't think that adds up to who Mo Salah is as a professional, as a person. And you saw last night when he did track back and made that inception. how hard he is willing to work every single day in training and, and during the, the games as well. And yes, definitely, I think it was a big moment for him to score a goal because he must feel at the moment like his form is dipping a little bit. In, and that's not just scoring goals because often he has an attacking impact, even when he's not finding the back of the net, but he will have felt his touch was maybe a little bit off and there was... A few elements of this game that just weren't as perfect and as fine, finely tuned as they usually are. So, definitely, I think he'll have taken a lot from getting in, the, getting on the score sheet last night and hopefully building a bit of confidence now during the international break and, and moving on in, into the season into October, which is going to be a really busy month for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, it, it's been unusual watching Mo Salah's form recently. I think back to the Bournemouth game, where I think anyone who had him in fantasy football was. Uh, was absolutely cursing him for the fact no goals, no assists and Liverpool would score nine goals that seems unthinkable that Mo Salah would not have his hand in any of them and he had a very good chance which he scooped over the crossbar that day as well sometimes this happens to players though they get into a spell in front of goal and then he could just as easily get back into golden boot form later in the season
0: Oh absolutely I think I just saw that was Sadio Mane last season he ended the season as one of the, the best players in the Premier League and certainly one of Liverpool's key players. And actually, he'd started the season not that strongly. So I think you can definitely see see periods of, of that. So I think he'll be absolutely fine. I don't think anyone would be particularly worried about, about Mo Salah's long-term scoring form. But yeah, definitely. they're, they're you know Since he came back from Africa on the second half of the season, it was really tough for him. And it looks like it's sort of followed over into this season a little bit. But I think he will be absolutely fine.
1: Yeah, I, I think for both... Mosala and for Erling Haaland when November and December come around they may well benefit from not going to the World Cup this time around and actually getting a break and in Mosala's case you say he's played so much football over the last 18 months two years because of how successful Liverpool have been in cup competitions allied with their league form and then the African Cup of Nations in the middle of that as well. How badly missed is Sadio Mane at the moment? Um, because even notwithstanding say some of the patchy form earlier last season it's probably taking a while for a front three to emerge now since he's left.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really difficult one to judge and I think you can't sort of put down performances just on the basis that a player like Sadio Mane left and and Diaz has come in technically into his position and performed really well. So while I think it's obviously a factor, I don't think it's the main factor as to why Liverpool haven't been performing to their high standards. And yes, there's a few games in the last few weeks where I'd have loved Sadio Mane to be on the pitch and maybe bail us out, but we haven't got him now. We've got to move on. We've got to try and work with what we've got and I still believe we've got so many talented options in that forward line. And Diogo Jota's back now hopefully Darwin will settle in we've got Diaz we've got Salah we've got Firmino still there so not too worried about, about Sadio Mane but obviously he, he is missed and he was such a Liverpool legend so wish him all the best Football on Off The Ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports just put my football analyst hat on. They don't have as much ability to switch things around like Arsenal do with Needhamov, Blacksenius. they can try different formation. don't think United White have that. They don't have the personnel to do that. Subscribe to the OTV Koyig pod on the OTV Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and
1: Premier Sports. The a way is the break possibly coming a good space the fact these two Premier League games haven't been played now I know they have to be restructured and there's probably no good time in the calendar to try and refit these in and we'll be talking about fixture congestion again the far side of the World Cup as a result of you know in the case of some clubs losing two fixtures uh, following the passing of the Queen but in a way because of Liverpool's injuries and now some of the players coming back in I think in theory it might not be a bad thing that Liverpool only had to navigate a Champions League game with the injury crisis that they've had.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably come at a good time, although it does feel a bit a bit crazy to have this long period off in a season which, like you mentioned, is going to be so congested with fixtures So where they'll slot in, I'm not too sure. But I think it's definitely come at a good time because, as you mentioned, there are quite a few injuries still with Liverpool. Andy Robertson was ruled out for the game yesterday and the, the game against Chelsea, which has now been postponed. So, hopefully, by the time Liverpool play their next game against Brighton at Anfield, there will be a, a fuller squad and that squad will be looking a bit more healthy and, and then we'll be able to push him from there so definitely a well-timed rest and a deserved rest for some of those players as well
1: Yeah and despite any of the question marks that have been over the team maybe with some of the performances it would seem that Jurgen Klopp is not going to move away from his template like what we saw last night and what we saw in recent weeks even if it was uh, different agents coming in to play in different positions Jurgen Klopp is going to stay true to what's worked for him over the last five years I don't think there's been any pushing of a panic button with the poor start to the season
0: no absolutely not and even when he spoke about needing a reinvention he said it's not got to be anything major I don't want to change formation I don't want to do anything drastic I just want to take this team back to basics because this is a team less, less we forget last season that got to the Champions League final the last day of the Premier League won the FA Cup won the League Cup so I don't think that anyone's under false pretenses that they need a huge shuffle and anything needs to be drastically changed so Klopp will stick to what he knows because it's a winning formula and he really knows that if the players are all performing to the level they should be and the is that he expects a them
1: that they'll be absolutely fine how does Nabi Keita fit back into this midfield potentially when he comes back in now too because again it seems he was about to come back and then he had a little bit of a setback and then wasn't available a bit and so therefore they had to kind of plug the midfield gaps uh, during that bad spell of form does Nabi Keita fit back into that first choice 11 when he's back fit or where is Keita at with the club now
0: Oh, it depends who else is available. I think if if Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago are all fit, I don't think Naby slots straight back in. Unfortunately for him, I think he he's had he's had a really difficult time at at Liverpool with injuries and various different things ruling him out just as he's about to find his form. We kind of describe it as a bit of a roller coaster because he's up and he's seems to be performing really well and then he gets an injury again so it will be I think he's out you know he's out until at least October Klopp has said and we don't even particularly know what the issue is and how long he is going to be out for so I don't think he'll sort straight back in but hopefully he still will have a big role to play this season because in his good games he he is such a good midfielder and can bring so much to the Liverpool side but he just does have those spells of, of of injuries or lack of consistency or poor performances. So, still a really key figure, and I, I wonder what will happen in the future. Whether he will be moved on in summer when when his contract runs out.
1: Does Jordan Henderson still have a big future at the club? I mean, he's had a rocky run of form here, but maybe not helped by the fact there weren't runners in midfield at the same time. Uh, where's Henderson at?
0: I think he's still 100% part of Klopp's plans, and and um, for the next season, couple of seasons at least, I think he he's seen he's shown how how much he values Jordan Henderson, both as a footballer, but also as a leader and a captain. And he's a really key figure in that dressing room. So I absolutely think he still has a role to play. And whenever he is available, he does play the majority of games and either starting, mostly starting or occasionally off the bench as well. So definitely still think that he's a, a major part of Klopp's plans. And I think even when he's maybe he is a bit older and doesn't want to use him as much, like we've seen with Milner, he also wants to keep him around to bring on in, in those key moments and just to have as a, as a positive figure in the dressing room
1: as well. Well, Dortmund continue to lead 1-0 in Manchester against City currently. So Harriet, I'll let you back to watch uh, no, the last 20 oh minutes no. or so of normal time.
0: Thank you so much
1: thanks many there to Harry Pryor joining us to talk about Liverpool the scores in the Champions League then uh, Chelsea through Raheem Sterling are still 1-0 up against Salzburg uh, that game taking place at Stamford Bridge it is 0-0 in Denmark between FC Copenhagen and Sevilla Benfica have turned the game on its head against Juventus they were 1-0 down early on uh, but Neres and Joao Mario have scored goals for the Portuguese side there and they lead in Turin by two goals to one it's still one apiece in Israel between Maccabi Haifa and Paris Saint-Germain. Leo Messi with the goal there for PSG Jude Dube- him as Dortmund leading on the road against Man City by one goal to nil. Uh, Rangers against Napoli is still nil nil. Uh, there was a missed penalty by Zelinski who scored a penalty last week against Liverpool. Um Sands was sent off for Rangers so they're down to 10 men but it's still goalless at Ibrox and also nil nil with about 18 minutes to go in the Spanish capital of Madrid it is Real Madrid nil. RB Leipzig nil of course uh, football here on OTB is brought to you by Sky you can watch every UEFA Champions League and Europa League match this season live on BT Sport we'll be back in a minute
0: football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports